grid is live. Initiate light cycle battle. Hello out there in the world of podcasts. This is We Three Beards. My name is Joe. With me, as always, is Nathan and Trevor. Say hello, gentlemen. Well, hello there, Joe. Hello, Nathan. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing fabulous today, Joe. How are you? Good. It is good to see all of your faces. This, at least it's, it is very early on the west side of the country. Mm-hmm. If you all don't know, we meet we meet pretty early to do these recordings because we've got an East Coaster. Well, you, you meet early. I meet like you, right in the you mean, my morning. Nathan, you meet I, normal. <laughs> I meet I meet late in the day because of those West Coasters. <laughs> the stinking. Yeah. See, that's how much we love we love doing this podcast. It's like not even light outside, and we're like, hey, let's let's get up and talk about stuff that's right i appreciate it the sacrifice <laughs> you two make to make beards happen we just wanted though to say those of you who are out there in the the podcast world um we just wanted to say just how much we appreciate you guys going along this journey with us um the three of us just started this podcast in just a way that that we could all just continue to hang out and talk about fun stuff that we enjoy while we were moving cross country and cross state and we just wanted to let you guys know just how much we appreciate you guys going along with this this journey with us as we we ramble over all these geeky things um and so we just appreciate you guys um and we do have some things that we are working on in the backgrounds to to kind of help um we three readers be a little bit more consistent and to bring you guys more content that we think that you guys are gonna really enjoy and like um can't talk about it yet it's secret, but um, it's secret. Keep it Is secret. It secret. Is it safe? Um, but we are working on these things that I, that we think you're going to really like. Um, and we also think that that's going to be stuff that other people that you know is really going to like. And so um, we need your help to help us kind of grow and get the word out. And you can do that in three different ways. And one of the ways you can do that is to tell people about the podcast. Um, just as you're talking with other people, go, hey, I know this podcast that I think you'll like. It's called We Three Beards. And it's incredible. And it's incredible. And it's with my three buddies, Joe and Trevor and Nathan, and they just sit around and talk. So you can tell people about it. Um, you can also post it on your social media feeds when we go live and, and different episodes come up. You can just link it to your social media feeds and, and help us get the word out there. And then you can also subscribe and rate with five stars. Five stars. Only five stars because it only exists in five stars. Um. There is no other stars, just the five. Um, and so there's those are, those are ways that help us get into other people's podcast feeds. And um, and then it just starts to grow. The We Three Beards can grow and there can be more beardos in the world um, because of the work that you guys are doing. So help us be part of the street team. Um, get the word out. And I mean, I don't want to speak for these three guys or two guys. I'm the third. You can't speak for the third one. I'll speak for me, um, but there could be, I mean, there could be some some rewards for those people who are being good street people, um, street team people, maybe in the ways of merchandise and those kinds of stuff. So Merch! just saying, oh, oh, oh. you can be blessed by being part of the street team. Um, so yeah, so help us out if you can um, let people know about this podcast and rate it and help us out. Um, and we would continue to appreciate you guys. Um, always, but we're going to continue on. We're going to get right into it this morning because this morning doesn't, I don't know when you're listening to it. It could be in the middle of the night. Um, but we're going to continue get, um, going on and we're going to get going quickly because this one could be a doozy. Um, but what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be talking about Disneyland versus Walt Disney World. Wait, wait, did you say versus? Wait. Versus the fight of the century. It is a fight to the death. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) This went off the rails very quickly. I'm sorry. You're doing such a wonderful job. We've talked a few times about our love and our our 
our deep desire for Disneyland. Um, and so all of you pretty much know that we all three love all things Disneyland. Um, and so this isn't going to necessarily be a full-on Disneyland versus Walt Disney World because, I mean, that battle's already over. Disneyland's the best. Boom. <laughs> but this Disney World people are like, and eh, I'm done listening to this episode. <laughs> Peace out, guys. Um, You'll learn during this episode why Joe says it just that way. Keep going, Joe. Ooh, ooh, Keep going. Teaser. Trevor dropping a teaser. Keep going, Joe. Ba-boom. Ba-boom. Tink. Um, but we all know that I've only, or you guys have both been to Disneyland and Walt Disney World, correct? That is correct. That is correct. So you guys have experienced both of them. I personally have only been to Disneyland and currently I have absolutely no desire to go to Disney World Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, Trevor and I had this conversation a little bit. It's like when you found that perfect place, they were like, why? Why go somewhere else? Why even schedule another another vacation? You just go to Disneyland and be happy. <laughs> um, and so I have absolutely no real desire at the moment to go to Disneyland. And so what I'm charging the two of you with mm. is try to convince somebody like me who loves Disneyland through and through and is like, I'm just going to schedule Disneyland, Disneyland trip because that's what makes me happy. So convince me that there is a time when I will want should want to not schedule a Disneyland trip and schedule a Walt Disney World trip. Mm-hmm. You guys up for that? Love it. I'm here for it. Completely. 100%. percent. 100%. 100%. So let's start off. Let's talk a little bit about, about Disneyland and Disney World. Sure. Mm-hmm. So we've got, we've got these two different parks on the two sides of the country. One is located in Anaheim, California. It was opened first in July 17th, 1955. It was the park that Walt built, which is why I love it. Um, it operates year-round. It has two theme parks. It has the Disneyland Park and it has Disneyland California Adventure. Okay. Um, three park resorts. It has uh, no water parks. It has no golf courses. It has six roller coasters on a hundred acres, and there are roughly eighteen point three million visitors yearly. While Disney World, on the other hand, is located in uh, Lake Buena Vista, Florida, it opened in October first, nineteen seventy-one. Um, it is also operated year-round. has has four theme parks. Uh, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios. Yes. 25 plus in park resorts. Two water parks, five golf courses, five roller coasters. It's on 25,000 acres, 4.2 square miles. No, 42 square miles. Not 4.2, 42 square miles. It has 55.9 million visitors roughly a little bit more annually (laughs) (laughs) so you're saying it's a little bigger okay just going along with those stats right there somebody with a little bit of uh low levels of social anxiety dana frenchetti you know what i'm talking about um shout out to a fan (laughs) there's already a couple hurdles as far as getting me over to the florida parks Um, some of those things that are keeping me away, keeping me away. So let's first let's talk about a little bit about those crowds and lines. Yeah, at both parks. One of the things I want to share with my experiences, as I'll be sharing it with you, is I experienced both Disneyland and Disney World before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I have not had any post-pandemic experiences yet. I'm really, really hoping that that will change at some point. (laughs) So, you know, as I'm sharing about crowds and other thoughts that I had about it, that is my time frame, like 2017, 2019, that era. Um, From my experience, I did not notice a huge difference in the amount of people in the parks that I visited between Disneyland and Disney World. So, like, when I was in Magic Kingdom, it felt 
very similar as far as like capacity wise to the number of people who were in there. So like I was not more overwhelmed at Disney World. I was like you. I thought I was going to be. I thought I was going to be like, oh man, this is too many people. This is going to drive me crazy. And never once in Disney World did I feel, okay, this is too much. Or this is taking too long to get through a ride. Everything was very manageable. Um, For the rides that we did a fast pass for, because this was, again, pre-Genie Plus. This was fast pass (laughs) era. For the rides we got the fast pass for, and for the rides that we just, like, like, hey, we're going to wait in line for this this ride. Um, It felt very, very comparable to the point that if that was one of your main issues... Or concerns, I would strike that because even though it is four parks, they're so far separated from each other. Yeah, you take that because that, of the forty-two plus square yeah, exactly. miles, exactly. And and so and so when you park hop, which I would strongly recommend park hopping in Disney World, I didn't think it was going to be worth it because they're so far apart. But we hopped so many times. Um, I was there for five days, and it was worth it because we would get done with one park, hop on. Uh, the train to get over to another park and still be able to experience um, other things. Um, but never once did I feel like it was overwhelming. Yeah. And, and, oh goodness, Joe. So the, I, I would agree with some of what Nathan has said there. Um, it's the space for sure. But I know that in, uh, so I've only been twice to Disney world uh, more times than that to Disneyland. My, experience at Disney World was also pre-pandemic, but I have been to Disneyland during and since um, things have lifted. Um, And I would say that if if there's a challenge to comparing the two parks where crowds are concerned, it's that in days not so long ago, there were very clearly non-peak times of the year at Disneyland that sh- that gave you opportunities to go when crowds were significantly lesser. Mm-hmm. Joe and I, our families actually um, crossed over in one of our more recent trips to Disneyland when Galaxy's Edge first opened and we feared summer crowds and Star Wars Land opening crowds at the same time. And we got absolutely blessed, blown away by the mm-hmm. reduction of crowds. And that experience will stay with me for a long time of what it's like for to sure. walk through those parks and not feel as though you're shoulder to shoulder all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think if there's a if there's an argument against believing that you'll have less uh, social anxiety or less fear of crowds at Disneyland these days, I think that's gone. I feel as though what I've what I've read recently is that you actually don't have um, any downtime <laughs> at <laughs> Disneyland and compared to Disney World. One thing I do remember. Um, which is, will, be, will be a little different from what Nate said. Um, when I went to Disney World, uh, my most recent trip, um, though there, though the layout is extremely large, and if you compared, you know, if you overlaid Magic Kingdom and and the and the primary Disneyland park at Disneyland over the top of each other, there's so much more room, so much more space, so 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 much more that you would think, you know, there's no bottleneck areas anywhere and plenty of places to sit and just chill. Um, but my experience is that it was just as full, um, even though the space was more. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I would say, really honestly, to, to Joe's um, thought there about how you manage all of the crowds, a lot of that is due to your familiarity. So if you're not familiar with the layout of the park at Disney World, because you've not been there, mm-hmm. but you're super familiar with the park at Disneyland and you know exactly where to go, what corners to hit, oh my goodness, the crowds are too big, I need to go someplace and just breathe. You kind of know where to do that at Disneyland. Sure. It's not as complex. It's not as complex, and the layout's not as big, um, so you have more flexibility there. But otherwise, I'm not sure there's much of a difference in crowds anymore. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that's good to know. To that point, like we definitely did our homework before going both to Disneyland and Disney World of laying out maps and figuring out, okay, what rides can we do. Where, where are we going to go when we need a break? And, and you know, those change on the fly once you actually get there. But there was definitely planning involved when it came to how much are we going to make sure that we're getting the most for our experience that we're going to have um, and working in that time of rest, too, was really, really important. Um, but I was definitely nervous about that going into Disney World um, mm-hmm. and found that I was actually, yeah, I, I was never 
overwhelmed like I thought I was going to be. So you guys talked about this a couple times, um, the the whole park hopping mm-hmm. part of that. So tell me how how does park hopping work when it comes to Disney World? Because like in Disneyland, I mean, park hopping is a breeze. You're walking across a, a large courtyard between the two, um, and you're just you know you're jumping from one park to the other. In fact, Mackenzie and I just took a trip, just the two of us, um, in um, uh, April. Um, first of April, and it was it was the it was the first time that the two of us had gone to Disneyland by ourselves, and it was also the first time that we had gotten park hopper passes. We'd never gotten park hopper passes before, mm-hmm. and it was super easy and convenient. We just jumped back and forth between the two. Like we had, we were in Disneyland, and then we had dinner dinner reservations over at the Lamplight Lounge um, at California Adventures, and we our plan was to spend all day in Disneyland. We just jumped over for dinner and then jump back mm-hmm. um and it was super easy so park hopping is is super convenient um but yeah how does park hopping work when you're looking at yeah again 42 square miles so i want to give i actually want to give nathan the last word on this because he has been there more recently than i have um, right. but my my memory and this is one of the things i just want to say two things about this joe one is you mentioned you mentioned two words you said easy and convenient i, I believe that that Park hopping in Disney World can be easy, but it is not anywhere close to the level of convenience that you have <laughs> at Disneyland. Um, and this this is part of the pro and the con when people talk about the difference between Disneyland and Disney World. Disney World is bigger; you've got more options. More options isn't necessarily better. People go to people go on vacation because they want to avoid decision fatigue. Like they're already tired. <laughs> like let's just let's not make this more complex than it needs to be. But I will say that despite the fact that it takes more work, more research to know how to park hop and to do it well, you encounter things in that park hopping experience at Disney World that far exceed anything that you're doing at Disneyland. I mean, honestly, one of the best things you can say about the way Disneyland operates is that you can jump on the monorail in Disneyland and it, it takes you straight to downtown Disney and that's super cool and vice versa. Like you can just be right in the middle of the park and that's rad. Um, you don't necessarily have that same thing into California Adventure, but at Disney World, like they make rides out of all of it now. Like you take a ferry mm-hmm. from the parking lot into the Magic Kingdom. I mean, you're crossing a lagoon. Um, that's ridiculously cool. Um, you have monorail and bus and now a skyway that you can take. So like these are like legit rides that are actually taking you from one park to the other, which Disneyland does not have. And sure. that experience alone, I think, is worth like even just exploring the park carpet thing, uh, nothing else. And then I loved your, what you were talking about as far as like being able to ditch one park to go to the next and have like just food. Like Epcot's perfect for that. I mean, what a cool place to just like, you know what? I'm not going to go there for the whole day. I'm going to go to this park instead. But then we're going to go over to Germany <laughs> in Epcot <laughs> and have a, you know, a big old meal at the garden there and then hop right back on and head back to another park. Um, so if you know what you're doing, that experience there far exceeds the park hopping that you're getting at Disneyland. Yeah. And, and for a guy like you, Trevor, who, I mean, if, if anybody knows Trevor at all, being able to ride more trains and <laughs> skyways and monorails, that's, that's a uh, huge plus. It's legit. No, that, that's really good. I think you raised really good points with that, Trevor. Um, our experience. So we did not park hop when we went to Disneyland. Um, because we were there for three days. And so we knew we were going to do one day in one park, the next day in the other park. And then the third day, we we're just going to decide which one do we want to do um, based on what the kids really liked. And, and we ended up doing Disneyland for the third day. Um, and I was happy with that. Like that, there wasn't a point when I was like, Oh man, I wish I had a park hopper to hop over to the other side. I think if I went back to Disneyland or not, if when I go back to Disneyland, I will do a park hopper um, because just to have that flexibility. Um, I questioned whether the park hopper was going to be worth it for Disney World because it was this idea of, oh man, these parks are so far apart. Is it going to be worth it that by the time you actually hop to the next park, like half your day is gone. It's going to take forever. Mm-hmm. And to Trevor's point, um, so we when we went, they did not have the Skyway yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had the buses. We did buses, we did ferry, and we did the monorail. Um, and... And we planned, so like we knew every day we were going to park hop at some point. Um, and what I was surprised 
was that we still park top on the fly. So we did our plans. Uh, we, we were in one park and realized, okay, well, we're kind of done with everything here. Well, let's go to Epcot. And we jumped on a bus and went to Epcot and found that not only was the trip short, it, it kind of felt like, I don't know if you ever did this, um, but did you ever like go on It's a Small World at Disneyland just because you needed a break in air conditioning? And, you know, it's like I will ride that ride because you want to experience it. But also, if it's like four in the afternoon, you're like, I just need to sit for yeah. <laughs> a good minute. Um, and that's what I found, you know, being on the monorail or being on a bus was like, okay, here's a chance to sit, re- recover, get some air, um, and then take on the park right away mm-hmm. when we got there. But I love the fact that I felt like I could be flexible enough. And again, this was pre-pandemic. So there was none of this like having reserved spots in advance. I know a lot of that is still in place right now. This was before when we could just be like, hey. And, and what, what we ended up finding happening is we kept going back to Epcot. Um, it seemed like that was what we would want to do towards the end of the day. We'd be like, hey, we're kind of done here. We'd go to Epcot or uh, Magic Kingdom. Um, is that... Is that because it was it's more low key than the rest? What is it? No, the rides at Epcot the boys really enjoyed, and then the walking around the world. Um, we mm-hmm. just we found ourselves doing that more and more um, as time went on. So it was a combination of both. It was just Spaceship Earth was a great wasn't like another it's a small world type of ride where you can, can sit down in air conditioning for a bit, and the boys loved experiencing that. So we would do that. Um, but it was the food, it was the experience. Um, it was, yeah. And then Magic Kingdom was like your mini Disneyland. And so there was a lot of rides in there that that they loved doing. Um, so park hopping was completely worth it in Disney World hmm. and was not a negative experience that I thought it would have been. Yeah, good. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so then last, last, um, last take on this. Uh, Genie Plus, is it a must when doing Disney World? With when you're talking about the lines and the crowds, so I haven't experienced Genie Plus. Well, but you, you still it's like, isn't it like what Disneyland had before? Yeah, um, is it similar to that? Because when we did that, our last day in Disneyland with the boys, mm-hmm. uh, I, forgot, I forgot what it was called before it was Genie Plus. Max Pass. The Max Pass. Yep, we did the Max Pass on the third day, and I absolutely loved it um, because we would be waiting in line. Our time would come up, and I would jump on the app and like get a reservation for um, Star Wars or Buzz Lightyear or you know whatever the boys wanted to do. Um, so we we conquered so many more rides on our last day because of that than if we hadn't had it. Um, I know there's been some issues and concerns with genie plus and disney world as far as if it's actually worth it because i don't think you can get as many rides throughout the day when we did fast pass in disney world we 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 were really smart and how because you had to like six months in advance or something ridiculous like that you had to go on the website and reserve your rides and we we were still living in oregon at the time so we had to wake up like at three in the morning yeah, I remember you doing that. And I remember that was like one of the things I'm like, yeah, I'm never going. <laughs> and that was not fun. But yeah. what we did was as soon as it went live, we jumped to the Thursday of our week and we got Flight of Passage because Flight mm. of Passage was going to go like, like go really quickly. And we thought if we start on Thursday when everybody else is doing Monday. So we sure. jumped to Thursday, got Flight of Passage and went back to Monday and kind of worked through all the rides that we wanted to get. Yep. Um and that was totally worth it because otherwise it would have been like a three hour wait or something for flight of passage. But that ride itself was incredible. It was amazing. I'm really, really glad that we did it. So I don't know if genie plus yeah. is worth it. Fast pass was a hundred percent worth it. Okay. Yeah. And, and I would suggest Joe, we've, we've all got mutual friends. Some of them shared friends that are in Florida now and, that are their regulars to the point where all it would take is a, you know, 30 minute, you know, maybe this is an upcoming podcast Mm -hmm. too, where we have, where we get to have somebody on and talking to us about some of the things that they love about the amusement parks there in Florida. But um, 
we we didn't learn everything we learned about how to navigate Disneyland by ourselves. A lot of it happened within the yeah. context of conversation with people that had gone before us. And of course now social media influencers yeah. to, to the point where, where you can do as much research as you want to and be as ready as you want to be. And if uh -huh. you're that ready, then what I have heard, because I, again, I have not been to, to Disney world in recent years, um, is that that whole system though complex and a little rough at the beginning is yeah. what is what will be required for you to experience Disney World and all of its best rides the way that you want to. And I don't I don't hear from people that it is impossible um, for some for some somebody like you, Joe, and others who have this real strong desire to go and experience everything you possibly can when you go to a park like that. Um, you'll do the necessary research and it'll be a breeze if you have that tool. Without that tool, I think it'll be frustrating. Um, mm -hmm. because you'll want to do some things you'll, you'll basically be on standby almost all the time and you'll hit rides at the wrong time. If there is a downside <laughs> and there are, there are a few, but if there's a downside to, to the parks being this vast, it's that you cannot get quickly. Like, it's not like running from space mountain to splash mountain because you had a change of heart or the line was too long in one spot when you're at Disneyland. Like that's a right. long run, but you can do that. Um, you can't make that run at Disney World if you decide, <laughs> uh, you know, you're on this end of the park in Magic Kingdom. Now you want to get to the other end of the park, dude. It's twice, if not three times, as long to get there. Um, yeah. To say nothing about having to park, hop, and get from one ride to a completely different right. ride. That's the only other thing too, which you know, whether it's Dana or Lynette or whoever that we know that's back there now, they're the ones who could tell us definitively. Like, can you can you genie plus and plan from park to park like you can at Disneyland? Can you open up, can you get a park hopper that allows you technically to go to three different parks, if not four, if you got time in the day to do it? And can you engage with those ride reservations at multiple parks on right. a day that you start in another park, even if they're further and further away? I will say the app is your best friend. Best yeah. friend. Just like it is in Disneyland. Yeah. Um, so like to Trevor's point of the checking Ride so like if you had a heart for Space Mountain, I would check the app before I would walk over there to see what it's saying the the wait time is. Now, mm -hmm. now there's there's you know like it happens anytime where you look hey it's only ten minutes and by the time you walk there it's thirty um, like that can happen, but happen a lot less often than or you can find out if a ride was down for whatever yeah, reason. That's a big so one. You yep. know okay I'm not gonna have to make my way over there for right now. Um, until that we see that it's back up and running. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Do you guys know um, if they have those, like over at Disneyland, a number of years ago, we, we bought three of those uh, uh, recyclable um, little chargers. They're like, they're oh, like yeah. the size oh, of like a pencil like yep. you can get and then yep. we just you know you can just exchange them yeah you just yep. buy them one and then you just exchange them through the park and they send you a, f a full one once it dies and so we bought three of them a number of years ago the girls share one the mackenzie and i have one and then we just you know we walk through the park with our phones plugged into them and as soon as they're dead we just pop them in and grab a new yep. full one battery yep. charger and they have those over there too they yes. did when i was there because yes. those are i mean especially when when you're when you're so app centric like Disneyland oh, yeah. is now, and you're yeah. on your phone. You a gotta ton. have a charger, portable charger. <laughs> yeah, that charger is a must. And the fact that we bought we bought those, you know, four or five years ago now. Yeah. Um, yeah. and the fact that we still then, you know, it was a, it was a fantastic invest, investment when you know yeah. so many things are so overpriced at Disneyland. That's just like, yep. That's that's worth its weight in gold. That's an A plus <clears throat> choice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we talked about it just a little bit. And I mean, as I've gotten older, I mean, when I was a kid, going to Disneyland was all about the rides, all about the rides, yes. all about the rides. As I've gotten older, um, the rides are still important. Food has become a up and coming priority. The, the finding the good food in Disneyland, and I remember, and it came from like when we first took our girls when they were little to Disneyland, and we had I hadn't been we hadn't been back in a number of years. And uh, um, we had a horrible food experience. Like we just ate wherever we could find food and we brought some food in and we just had, you know, that kind of thing. And, and I just remember thinking as we were going home, I was like, I remember, or I thought that Disneyland was supposed to have fantastic food. 
And then so between the time between that trip and my next trip, I started and I've been continuing for the, the, the last number of years a journey to find the best food in Disneyland. And so I research, I listen to to podcasts and watch videos on where the best food is. And I've created this extensive <laughs> list yeah. of where I've eaten and what it is. You know, I have a key as far as what's what's good and what's bad and what's mind blowing um, and have found fantastic food at Disneyland. So tell me about the tell me about the food back and forth. Oh, my goodness. So I, I, I'm laughing at this. Is simply because Joe, you and I are not that dissimilar about us about <laughs> us loving, looking for those for those kinds of things. But what's funny about it is, like for me, I find my when I get there, I find myself going, you know what? I just need a turkey leg, and a couple of seasonal beignets, and if I need some protein, I'll just hit up Bengal barbecue for like, mm. you know, and that's and like all of a sudden that's all I need, like when I'm there, and you know, and because I'm eating popcorn and churros all day long. <laughs> but, but, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no judgment, but right. Why I, does my stomach hurt, <laughs> but I love, but I love the way, I love the way that you, that you dream about that and, and, and talk about that because literally dude, everything that you think um, that, you know, about the greatest, best foods and the experience that goes with that. Cause it isn't just the food, right? It's like when you're eating in the docking bay, it's you know, next level. Um, Disney world dude, it's like 20 times that. And I don't just mean because of the options, like they have done up the experiences there and you know, the, the kinds of meals and places that you can eat that are connected to or inside hotels, in addition to what you find in the park. Mm -hmm. And if, and if you, and if you remember, so like you go on these trips, you go to the trip to Disneyland and while you're there, you have this dream, like I want to hit this and this, and I want to get that. And when you leave the last day, you're like almost in tears. Cause you're like, I just love it here. And I don't want to leave. And I didn't get to do that or that, or that ride was down. And so you're already making this list. You're generating a list for the next time you come back. And we do that yeah. every time we go to Disneyland, Disney world, you will have the longest list of I wish I could have tried that food thing or that food thing or gone to that restaurant or I did my research and I passed that place and I didn't even see that on the list. Where was that place? That looks amazing. Disney World, dude, you will have the longest list. Like this isn't even a comparison. And I, I would I would bow to Trevor's knowledge here because for both Disneyland and Disney World, I would say I was researching more convenience and uh, how quick you could get food versus how much was actually good. That being said, Epcot, um, the food <laughs> and just the variety that they have around the world uh, was an experience unto itself mm -hmm. that we literally took part of our day to just walk around and try different things. Mm -hmm. um, and and that was was really, really good. So, so bowing to Tre Trevor's knowledge, yeah, like the food... Out of this world, no comparison. But and, and it's because of the quality and the quantity that you have. The, will it get? Will does it get to the point where it's where it's too much though? Like, is it overwhelming? Like, if you're sitting there thinking about thinking about it, um, because it could be almost it's like, oh, well, I'm just gonna do this because it's so overwhelming. Um, you know, where you can you can create a list and then pinpoint in Disneyland. You know, these are the places that I know. Regardless of at any time, I'm going to get good food here. But then you're just kind of like staying in a place where there's so much. And then you just end up going somewhere that's cheap and easy. Yeah, you just have to triple your research. It's everything we talked about with the rides. It's yeah. the same process for Disney World. You need to reserve. So everything you've done for Lamplight Lounge, same print, same principles in play. They will, they will allow, especially at Epcot, they will allow you far in advance, 90 plus days, I think, to yep. get your reservations in for the restaurants that you want to eat at. So you, you've researched it. You're like, we're, we think we're going to be in this park this day and we'd love to eat at this place. And that's, that's far more realistic to achieve that experience and get that food like what you would do for lamplight. If it's just, we're meandering around the park and we're thinking, Hey, I just, I'm just hungry. I need to find a place to eat. Those are the kinds of things that are going to be pretty similar. I don't think there's one that's better than the other as far right. as, um, as far as California or Florida, I think it's just right. a matter of you knowing 
well enough what the map is, how long it'll take you to get there, if there's a way to, to pre-order stuff. And like today, because of the app, it's actually going to be easier for you to find sure. a place to eat and pre-order your food while you're walking yep. over there to get it. Yep. Okay. So quickly, tell me about the, the parks themselves, the difference between the parks themselves um, when it comes to like staying at the park. Because um, like with 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 Disneyland in Anaheim, I mean, like we said in the beginning, there's there's three park hotels. Disney World, there's like, what did I say, 42, 24? 25 plus. Um, 25 plus park hotels. Um, yeah. And I mean, one of the one of the criticisms um, of Walt Disney World people when it comes to Disneyland is that it's smack dab in the middle of Anaheim. Right. Um, and that's actually one of the things that I love about Disneyland is that it is it is right in the middle of Anaheim. Yeah, you get you get kind of locked in. You can't it can't grow much bigger than it is. Yeah. Um, but you have so many choices like right around that. It's like you can get you know there's there's all the the partner hotels. You can get cheaper prices on hotels that are still within you know minute walking distance. Um, you know you can just jump right into the park and not necessarily having to to spend the extra, you know, extra lot of dollars, um, to do a, uh, a park branded hotel. Yeah. Um, which granted, I mean, I haven't done it yet, but, um, uh, uh, the grand Californian is, is a, that's on my list. I want to, I want to stay there at some point in time. Yeah. Um, every time we go to Disneyland, we walk through it and we, you know, we go through that hotel just cause it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and that is, you know, that's that's a bucket list of ours at some point in time. Um, but but when you when you're at Disney World, are you are you locked into having to stay at a Disney hotel? No. So, um, Nathan, when you went, where did you guys stay? Uh, we were at Port Orleans. Okay. Um, so talk, we, talk. that was a that was a Disney um, tell, tell us World about that. property, and it was it was fantastic. Um, one of the reasons why we chose that was because it had buses going directly to each park. So there's some places that you could stay where the only buses they have, it was you get on the bus and then you'd have to go to another hotel to pick up more guests and then you would get to a park or maybe you would go to one park first and then you would get to the park that you want to. But where we stayed, it was definitely... You wanted to go to Animal Kingdom, here's the bus that's going to take you right there. You want to go to Epcot, here's the bus that's going to take you right there. So we were able to plan our day and know which park we were going to, how early we would get on the earliest bus that would get us there. Um, so we could do rope drop every single day, which we did. Um, and so that was one of the benefits of staying on the Disney-owned. Like I know, like, and, and so I don't have experience for a non-Disney property for Disney World. We did stay at a non-Disney property for Disneyland um, and found and we had a wonderful experience there as well um, of just, we could walk to the park if we wanted to. They had a bus from the hotel that dropped us off um, at the front gate. Um, so um, mm. it really was both, but I had a very positive experience, especially because they had the magic band. And so everything just worked. Like I didn't need my wallet oh, or anything. Magic band. It yeah, was we haven't talked about the magic band. It, it was literally <laughs> the easiest thing to utilize um, and would highly recommend it. In fact, I would probably stay there again when we go back. Yeah, and this, jo Joseph, this is the spot where I think we will, I think we're at an impasse as far as convincing you that Disney World would be quote unquote worth it. Um, I would link, I would link hotels with travel in general when you're talking about this and i don't mean from west coast to east coast to get to florida because what you what you uh and your family have typically done at disneyland simply can't be done at florida you can't mm -hmm. and it's not just about driving there or flying there but once you're there yeah. there is no scenario where you you leave your hotel in the morning and walk to the park and mm -hmm. then walk back in the middle of the day if you want to rest or if you got too many bags or if you only wanted to go for part of the day and you wanted to go someplace else, um, that level of convenience is gone. Like your, mm. your, your decision to go to Disney world is an all in decision. And whether you stay at an on site resort hotel 
or you stay off-site at a good neighbor hotel, you are shuttling to the parks. It doesn't matter. There's there's one stretch across uh, the boardwalk near Epcot that gives you walking access. And apart from that, unless I am unless I completely miss my mark, it's going to be really difficult for you to find. Um, and somebody else can can chime in. But to Nathan's point about whether it's worth it then to stay on the resort, that's I mean that'll be a personal personal decision, personal choice as to, you yeah. know, cause you'll probably sacrifice something like in order to, in order to, mm-hmm. in order to, to afford this, we may not do this or this or this while we're there. Um, yeah. but I have stayed at Disneyland. I've stayed both on site and off at good neighbor hotels. Um, and to, to be totally honest with you, the primary reason I love staying at a resort hotel is because there is a level of convenience. It doesn't seem like much, but when you've got young kids and they're exhausted and you need to take mm-hmm. them back to the hotel in the middle of the day for a nap or you'll never make it to dinner, mm-hmm. those extra, you know, those extra 15, 20, 30 sometimes minutes of walking to get you from where you are in the park yeah. to your hotel room sure. make yeah. a huge difference. Yeah. Because um, you know this, if you're exhausted, that park experience goes down exponentially really <laughs> fast. Something else I'll, I will point out, because Trevor, you brought up a good point at Disney World of, you know, if, you, if you're getting um, souvenirs and you have these bags that you're carrying around, one of the benefits of staying at a park hotel at Disney World was we could have those shipped back to our rooms. Pre-COVID, so, that was right. true. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what that what that what the case is with that now. It no. is. I know it. I know it is. At least in Disneyland, I know that it is again as of like just so they, a few months ago. Oh, perfect. So they probably yeah. will bring that back at some yep. point. But that we utilized that, and that wasn't an extra charge. I mean, obviously the room, <laughs> you know, you're paying more to stay at a, a Disney World uh, room, but that was really nice. So if we saw something we really, really liked, now the only time that we didn't do it was on our last day there because it would mm-hmm. take about 24 hours to get to yep, your room. They won't, they won't hold it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, I was, I was going to say too, you, you started bringing up Magic Bands and and I remember when I was thinking about like what the pros and cons even before this this episode about what would bring me over to uh, Walt Disney World and like the only thing on the pro list was Magic Bands. I was like, I want a Magic Band. I want to be able to just go bloop, bloop. Um, yeah. Onto all the things, and then yep. we're we're getting we're, Disneyland's getting Magic Bands like next year. Sure. So, sure. So forget you, Walt Disney World. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> no, you guys are doing a good job. I promise. Um, so to to get to, I mean, kind of what what everybody's here for. Um, let's talk about rides a little bit. Um, and it's you know rides and and lands and shows and and um. I know that there's I know there's overlap. I know that there's 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 rides that are in Disneyland that are in that are in, in Walt Disney World. And you know, some people will say Splash is better at Walt Disney World. Some people say Big Thunder Mountain is better at Disneyland. I mean, Disneyland doesn't have Avatar at all. Um right. you know, and I don't know if I can go and be in a world where where Radiator Springs or uh, or Pixar Pier don't exist. You know, those kinds of make, <laughs> things make me sad. Um, so tell me, tell me a little bit about, um, about that part that overlap and what is missing and what isn't missing when you're going from, from place to place. All right. Um, this one is really, really tough for me. (laughs) Um, so let me start with, I, Disney world definitely have rides that are not available at Disneyland or California Adventure that is worth the trip. Um, flight of passage being one of them. Um, in fact, we had a rule. Now, Galaxy's Edge was not open at either place before we got there. Sure. So I have not done any of the Galaxy's Edge, um, which is a Star Wars for those non-Disney aficionados, uh, the Star Wars land. Um, but Flight of Passage, after we rode that, we all said, okay, when we talk about what is our favorite rides, we all just assume Gal- that uh, Flight of Passage was top of all of our lists, because it was. The queue the experience itself. Um, my youngest had not seen, has not seen Avatar, but he still rode the ride and he mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm. So you didn't need to see the movie in order to experience it. Um, but the immersion that they did, the whole, yeah, it was top notch, so well done. 
that that was the highlight of Animal Kingdom and highlight of the trip. Um, they're getting ready to have even more rides like that. The Tron roller coaster, right? Looks amazing. The new Guardians of the Galaxy roller yeah, coaster. Yeah, you didn't you long. didn't pause long enough after Tron. Like, just give it a second. Tron. Oh my word. Tron. <laughs> Tron. Um, they had the new Ratatouille uh, experience in Epcot. So yeah. they keep adding these experiences, and I'm like, ooh, I want to ride that. Ooh, I want to, I want to be able to, to get that. Now with Galaxy's Edge, I know I can get that at either place. So like for me, if I went to Disneyland, great, I get to experience Galaxy's Edge. If I went to Disney World, great, I get to experience Galaxy's Edge. As far as I know, those are pretty much the same experience, probably just a different layout, but basically the same. So that being said, there are so many rides at Disney World that's just worth the price of admission and in and of itself that I think it's worth it. However, <laughs> here it however, here it comes. I loved Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom was fun. My kids had a blast with it. I had a blast with it with the rides. If I'm perfectly honest, Magic Kingdom felt like Disneyland light. Mm. where it was kind of Disneyland, but not really. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, nothing can replace the first time that I walked through Disneyland. Yeah. And so all the Peter Pan ride, um, it's a small world, uh, pirates. Um, I felt every time I rode those rides at, at Magic Kingdom, I loved it. I had fun. It made me want to go to Disneyland. Yeah. It made me, because pirates at Disney World is shorter than it is at Disneyland. Uh, it's a small world. It's smaller than it is at Disneyland. Um, Peter Pan was the exact same ride, but the queue and the the front layout was completely different. And it just I it made me want Disneyland. But Magic Kingdom was the only time I felt that. And again, my boys loved Magic Kingdom. They told me if they had the choice, they would go back to Magic Kingdom if they had to choose between because they get all the other Disney World experiences. Sure. But for me personally, the experience that I had at Disneyland far exceeded the experience I had at Magic Kingdom, and I loved both. So. Oh goodness! So this is where I geek out for just a second here on the on the psychology of of what it of what it means to and and you can even you can even relate it to like like a first love kind of thing when you're young or when you have like your first ever experience with something and the imprinting that happens for you in that experience, unless it is, unless it is a bad experience, unless there's something traumatic that when triggered makes you think, nah, that wasn't as great an experience as I, as I wanted it to be, or as I loved it, that first experience you have will imprint psychologically and biologically on you. There will be, mm -hmm responses that happen you get triggered by a smell or a song or anything like that and of course disneyland is full i've had this discussion recently with one of my boys about the five senses and how disneyland has mastered what it means yes. to be yeah. able to experience um that land either one of those lands disney world and, too. and and it's 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 phenomenal well, disney in general right so right. if if disneyland is your first foundational experience and that's what's imprinted on you then disney world will always i would submit will always feel like second tier as far as the magic it doesn't mean that the experience can't be phenomenal everything nathan just described but the rides don't feel as special because they're a little bit different the the land main street the sound the smells um they just don't feel the same so i would submit that for us to even have this discussion and try to convince Joe of reasons why Disney World could be special, it will never be as special, nor should it. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to take over. But ideally, what you're trying to do here in comparing things like rides, I think, is recognizing that there are some experiences that you'll have at Disney World that you'll never be able to have at Disneyland and vice mm -hmm. versa. So there's mm -hmm. not a Radiator Springs Racers. You're totally right because there's no Cars Land. But Disneyland doesn't have a Toy Story. Yeah. So um, you'll never experience the kind of, you know, high mountain um, crazy ride at at Disneyland that you do in Disney World because Matterhorn right. and Expedition Everest are not the same ride. Right. Um, 
But at the same time, to Nathan's point, absolutely, you've got rides that are at Disney Disney World that are you can't even find a comparison for them at Disneyland, and right. that. It's very worth it to go there. Tron, I'm ridiculously yeah. excited about this ride. Um, yes. And then, and then for if you're a Disneyland purist, you know, there's really there's still only one or two places in the world, and in and in the states, there's only one place that you can go to and still ride the Tower of Terror. So yeah. if that is a point of nostalgia for you too, I do have a bone to pick with Disney World because most of the rides that are similar that are the same. Big yeah. Th- Big Thunder to Big Thunder. Space Mountain to Space Mountain, Haunted Mansion to Haunted Mansion. Um, mm-hmm. Joe's a big Haunted Mansion fan. The um, I will say that wh- where they have positioned Haunted Mansion and what it looks like, I think is better than Disneyland, or at least mm-hmm. it's at least it's right there on par. But the but the ride inside Disneyland still takes it for my money. Sure. And, yeah. and, and all of these things are true across the board. Splash is shorter. Pirates is shorter. Space mm-hmm. Mountain, um, it's not even as dark in, the, in there at Disney World as it is in Disneyland. All of those rides are just a little lesser, I believe, mm-hmm. than, than they are at Disneyland. Sure. Now, Joe, there's one thing, dude. You will never experience Star Tours like you do in Disney World when you legit have an ATST staring yep. you down while you're yep. waiting in the queue yep. because they do not have that at Disneyland. Yeah, that's yep. legit. So I think guys, that's, that's just going to about, about do it for, for this episode. I want to thank you guys. I don't know if you've completely changed my mind, but you <laughs> have definitely given me things to think about. Yo, um, book your trip already. Come on. And I think that there would be definitely moments and things that I would want to experience that I haven't been able to experience at Disneyland. So, so yeah, you have definitely brought that into um, into the light. I will go try to see if I can check it out. Whatever. <laughs> We've gotten him to begrudgingly agree. No, Joe. If nothing else, Joe. If nothing else, man, you got to be able to speak with with great experience and intelligence true. about yeah, both I can't, parks. Yeah, I've got I've got to be able to go if I'm going to criticize, I guess. There it is. <laughs> um, but thanks for joining us for another episode of We Three Beards. We love you guys. Um, we're glad that you that you come along this journey with us. Remember, let people know. Uh, put us out on your social medias. Like us with five stars only because you love us and we love you. So um, for Nathan and Trevor, I'm Joe, and we will see you on the next We Three Beards. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.